Hey, Brown One. <laughs> Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I am well. I am actually really enjoying this Mars station. I didn't think I was going to, but I, I maybe it's because I have an Aries moon, but I can feel like the energy building and starting to get ready to push forward. And I've been very persistent in working on some projects very diligently, which I feel like is symbolic of Mars digging in. Um, and then, of course, it's Venus in Libra, and I'm a Libra, so I've been listening to a lot of music and decorating and eating too much, but it's good. Yeah. It's all good Venus. So Yeah, it's nice to be able to share some good astrology with the people right now. We've had a rough couple of weeks. I'm, I'm feeling this um, Mars station as a good thing, too. We had some trepidation about how it might land in the world, but I'm just personally feeling the same thing. Like my body hasn't quite caught up yet, but I'm getting to feel that there's going to be an infusion of hopefulness and Mm -hmm. movement forward on things that have been stalled out. I know I've been feeling really exhausted and burned out. And a lot of people that I've been talking to in my practice are feeling that too. And just uh, has made me realize what a strong role Mars plays in mirroring, mirroring, our vitality and our drive and our our passion for our plans and our passion for our life and our passion to get up in the morning and get going on things. And I've been missing that with him being so not in a good place, retrograde, unhappy, frustrated Mars. And I'm with you. It's, it's feeling good to have that turning around. And I think by this time next week, we'll be feeling even better. Yeah, I think what Mars went retrograde on September 9th. So it's been a few months, right? Yeah. And about six weeks more. Yeah. And he was in his shadow for like six weeks before that. So really, it's been since midsummer we've been feeling, feeling this. Yeah. Um, but definitely Mars direct on the 13th. That's Friday. Yeah. That's uh, today. Yeah. That's why we're talking about this. That's yeah, why it's we're like happening it. in an hour or two happening from now from now. when we're recording. By the time you guys hear this, uh, he'll have been direct for a couple of days, and hopefully we'll be feeling that infusion of energy even more. You know what I was thinking, too? Uh, no, Rebecca, tell me. Um, <laughs> I was thinking because Mercury and the Sun are still in Scorpio and they're Mars-ruled sign, that sort right. of um, diffuse Mars energy, we can really feel it, like intuitively. Yeah. Yeah, we can really get the the juice out of this last week of of the sun being in Scorpio. Also, new moon in Scorpio. New moon in Scorpio. That we're in right now. We're in the first quarter phase of the moon, right? So that also is Mars ruled. That's why we're all juiced up. Yeah. (laughs) So, So talk about the uses of that new moon in Scorpio. How are you feeling people can put that to use in their lives? Starting new projects, getting back to the projects that you had put down or you didn't have the vitality or energy to do. You might feel like you were saying that your passion is reinvigorated to to dig back into something and, and start to push forward. Yeah, it's going to be a good week that way. And a little more energized too. Energy mm-hmm. to do the things that we didn't have the energy to do before. It's I'm great. looking forward to that. Thank you, Mars. Thank you, Mars. <laughs> Where I've been seeing him too. I in my new place, we have such a beautiful view of the eastern horizon, and he's <gasps> so bright right now in the evening sky. Wow. Yeah. So it's been overcast lately, but yeah, I think you can still get out there and see him. 
What's happening early in the week? Well, we have Sunday, there's a Venus-Pluto square. Right. Venus is going through and making contact with all the Capricorn planets this week. Yeah, she's still having a little bit of a rough time. I'm thinking Venus-Square-Pluto is, we always relate Venus to women, women's issues. And it's also the ability to, you know, love who you want to love. And this, all the Capricorn planets have to do with like society at large and government structures. Yeah. But I feel, you know, last week talk, we, we talked a little bit about Persephone and I feel like this Venus square Pluto, like Venus is kind of like rising up from the underworld, like Persephone or Inanna. And I feel like it's rejuvenation. Like she's bringing up like these issues to the surface, to light. You know, I don't, I'm not feeling really, I'm not feeling negative about it. And and that seems weird to say because Pluto squares, people usually think they're scary. But for some reason, I'm very optimistic about what Venus is going to be able to like bring up with her from the underworld. That's such a powerful metaphor for what's happening with that. Like as she passes through the gates, if we think about each of those big teacher planets in Capricorn being um, one of the gatekeepers. And if we think about those positive aspects of Pluto, yes, there are positive aspects of Pluto being power, (laughs) self-empowerment, wealth, wealth of all kinds, right? It's a vein of gold that we find in the earth. It's Pluto transits are all about going through that deep transformation and finding those those veins of gold in the deep in the deep dark within thank you for that reminder of how venus and pluto can work together really powerfully as she brings that treasure as she accentuates those positive aspects of pluto as the holder of wealth of all kinds and i don't just mean material wealth i mean spiritual wealth as well and um, the reclaiming of power, which is mirrored in that myth of Inanna as she ascends through the gates. With each gate, she takes on another piece of the power that she left behind when she entered the underworld. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying before we came on, she gets all her jewels back, right? <laughs> and I, I love that, thinking about the Venus square Pluto as, as a positive and as her um, confronting that power at the gate as she makes her ascent and reclaiming some of her power and some of her beauty. I think too, like the next day on Monday, the 16th, Mm -hmm. Venus is squaring Jupiter and that also is going to add a bit of optimism to it because who doesn't love a little Jupiter, (laughs) right? Dynamic conversation between the two benefics. What, what could be wrong with that? And what a nice sequence too, right? She gets, she talks to Pluto. She does that hard transformative work and kind of gets the treasure. And then she gets to talk to Jupiter and begin to expand that outward into our lives and have that drop like a little drop of golden luck into our lives on Monday. You know, and then I'm wondering, is she going to bring that into practicality by With by Saturn? Wednesday? Yeah, because yeah. on Wednesday, she's going to square Saturn and Capricorn. Yeah. I, did, I mean, I can see the, the potential for like rootedness and, and grounding of um, this empowerment that we're feeling. Yeah. But at the same time, a Saturn square Venus can be a little bit of like a damper. Yeah. But I I like that if we're following that sequence of her reclaiming her power, she starts with Pluto, then it gets to expand that with Jupiter. And then that gives us one positive potential for the square with Saturn. And we were looking at the fact that the moon is conjunct Saturn when Venus makes her square. 
And that that could mean that feel it. Well, it will mean that we feel that more powerfully in our bodies and in, in mm. kind of the, the, the body politic, right? The body of the people. Right. And that, that could show up. Definitely there are some negative potentials for that, but I'm thinking just on a personal level, that could mean that we really get to begin to embody those lessons of her whole progress up and out of the underworld. So definitely two sides to that one where we might be seeing, like you were saying, we might be seeing some difficult stories in the news. You know, I, she might be like a little over exuberant and very, very positive, which I'm all, I'm totally down for right now uh, from Monday to Tuesday. But right. when she meets Saturn on Thursday, it could just be that she becomes more practical about things. Yeah. So you know serious. how Jupiter wants to have 17 of everything? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, maybe by the time she hits Saturn, she'll be like, okay, I can only have three and these are the most important to me. And this yeah. is actually what I can bring into reality. Yeah. So it could just be like a pairing back and like more realistic bent on those Jupiterian dreams that she has during the beginning of the week. I love this as um, a, a really functional and positive take on that gauntlet that Venus has to run. I think we've been, we've been seeing her as vulnerable, but maybe we've been kind of falling into just one take on that myth. And if we think about what it really means for that goddess to ascend and to take on her power, she's more than up to having those difficult conversations with those hardcore teacher planets. She's up to it. She's, she's in her place of power. She can do it. She can, she can bring the goods to us with those conversations. I, I really like that. And it's good for these times that this ends with Saturn, that it ends with practicality and with bringing it into our life structures, because we need that too. We don't just need that dose of hope and optimism. We need the, the tools and the ability right. and the power to begin to bring it for real into our structures. Yeah. Yeah, 100% agreed. Well said. I'm kind of looking at um, Mercury, though. For yeah. I was thinking Venus might be feeling a little bit more empowered or we might be feeling we might be a little bit more open to the energy of this Venetian stuff because Mars is going direct, right? Yeah. There's a lot of positive things happening in the sky. But then I was looking at Mercury, who is in Scorpio, and I was wondering, he's going to be opposing Uranus. So I have a positive take on that one, too. For anybody wanting to dig into this and wondering at how, how it will hit in their own life, that Mercury opposing Uranus, so Mercury and Scorpio opposing Uranus and Taurus, this is actually part three, right? Because he, he opposed Uranus direct on October 7th, then came and opposed him retrograde. And now he's finishing out with chapter three of the story. So you can look back and think, what was happening in your life around October 7th? What was happening in all of our lives that might have had to do with some sudden and unexpected information coming into our lives? Definitely via media. But I'm also thinking, just because it's Uranus and it's out of the blue, that there may have been some kind of spiritual message or weird synchronicity or dream that came to you around that time. Yeah, and I hear it. Like it could be the, just these realizations of connecting yeah. the dots from pieces of our past. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That have been like brought to the surface. And now I'm thinking like you're saying when he comes into this last pass with Uranus, there can be like a final sort of like fruition of understanding and sort of cataloging or, you know, yeah. 
compartmentalizing and actually like coming to some sort of like fruitful analysis of what happened and then the capacity to sort of like leave that behind even and like, okay, so now I get it and now I can move forward. Yeah. Fruitful analysis. I love that. I I do believe that's what it could be. And because um, at least where we are in the time zones that, that span North America, this is happening through the middle of the night. Dream time. (laughs) Yeah. Dream time. So if you wake up with like a sudden flash of illumination from your dreams, <laughs> write seriously, it down. take write it, it seriously, down. write it down. That's good stuff. What's going on this week with the moon? So I don't know if it's just because there's less big action in the sky, but I was really looking at that lunar story and seeing the moon take us through this really beautiful narrative of healing. The moon's closing aspect, so the last conversation that she has before she goes void in any given sign, her closing aspects all week are good ones. They're all sextiles. Um, And that means that things that we undertake this week will have good outcomes, even though she's running the gauntlet. And by that, I mean, she's going through Capricorn. And and this whole year as we've had these challenging placements in Capricorn, whenever we get to that time of the month where the moon goes through Capricorn, we do face some emotional challenges. But because that is ending with a nice um, sextile to the sun this time, I'm feeling like there's so many things adding up that are about closing out the story of this year. Mm-hmm. And what the moon runs us through, remembering that the moon is our up-close changing moods and emotions, the way that, the way that uh, embodies in, in our own shifting moods and in what we see in the world, those fast-changing moods. Um, remembering that, I think that there's a journey of emotional wisdom that she's taking us on this week. And if we can really allow ourselves to fully feel what's happening in our bodies and in our emotions, there could be a really nice sense of closure by the time we get to the end of the week. I think things have been really emotional for a few weeks just because of what the sky has been mirroring. And some of it has felt kind of open-ended and we've had a sense of vertigo from that. And the feelings have been so big, Mm. but I feel like, This week, the moon is just going to take us through this journey, kind of leading us through what, how we can begin to wrap it all up, how we can begin to assimilate. That's the word I'm looking for. This is what the moon helps us to do, to really assimilate the big emotions. And even just the few days she spends in Capricorn, the way that mirrors our experience of the whole year, I think... Again, what was, the, what was the phrase that you used? Fruitful realizations about what the emotional journey of the whole year has been. So I think if we pay attention to our fluctuating moods and even to the messages that we're getting from our body this week, that we could learn a lot because in, in a way it's kind of a microcosm, an emotional microcosm of the lessons of the year. And by the time we get to the end of the week, we might feel like, Oh my goodness, I, I, I really can assimilate these things that have happened. I feel safer yeah. in my body. I feel more able to just digest my experiences. I think that definitely ties back into this, um, the new moon that we have that's actually sextile to all of those planets in Capricorn. Yeah. So at the beginning of um, a new lunar cycle, we're sort of like juiced up with the idea and the motivation to move forward and even when the moon is going to have some of these hard aspects, like a conjunction would be considered a hard aspect. It's really, really intense. Like she goes, like she gets in super close to talk to Pluto, Jupiter and Saturn. Scary. 
Um, but at the same time, she's got the support because at the initiation of the cycle, she was sextile to those planets. And then, yep. you know, you're saying that all of her aspects for this week are closing with sextiles, which does require some effort to make yep. the positive things have uh, to make things come to a positive outcome. But without any kind of like tension, we wouldn't do anything. So I think that we're going to be able to use these harder aspects of the week to our benefit just because we're in such a good date with the lunar phase. Yeah. Yeah. It could be such a productive week emotionally and psychologically. So on Friday, we've got the moon fresh from those heavy conversations, heavy, but um, potentially really productive conversations in Capricorn. I always find it to be a nice switch when she moves into Aquarius because the intensity of those conversations in Capricorn, she gets to come out into Aquarius and have some emotional distance but then what is she doing once she moves into Aquarius? The first thing she will do when she enters Aquarius is hang out for a hot minute by herself and have a breather, which I yeah. love. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the downbeat. And then, um, but then she's going to be approaching a square to Uranus and then she is going to be squaring Mercury. So that, you know, a moon square Uranus and Mercury can be like a little, um, we might be a little bit like nervous. You can feel that. Don't drink too much coffee on, on Friday. Yeah, it's definitely a bit of an electrical energy for sure. Yeah, but it doesn't last forever because it's the moon and she moves so quickly, yeah. but it could be like an intense. Well, I mean, this also could be like more of these intense uh, revelations that you're talking about. The ones that we were um, having our dreamscape on Tuesday, there could be like a sudden like... Um, sort of synthesis or like locking down yeah. or tying together. Yeah. Making use of that inventive energy that Uranus can have. I think that we could make some lateral connections in our thinking that we might not, you could put some things together that you might not normally put together. I always love an Aquarius moon for getting some emotional distance. So it's a good time to be able to do that, to make those inventive connections and start to, to draw some conclusions about how to move forward. So definitely a theme developing here. Well, but yeah. There's that moon in Aquarius, the modern ruler, Uranus, right? Yeah. And Uranus is checking back into Venus, who we're still loving. She um, is that day square to Saturn, though. So it is, there is a definite theme forming here. Yeah, there's no getting away from the work, but there's some really interesting outlets for synthesis and recapitulation and moving forward with strength. We can't get away from, there's no getting away from Saturn this year, not any day, not any day. <laughs> ever ever <laughs> well for our supports this week to help us um support venus well i was looking at this earthy you know it's that hippie essential oil yeah that everyone used to use in the 80s when yeah. i was little the chuli i really like it yeah. um you were saying before we started how it's really good for finding good boundaries yeah and stabilizing, grounding. It works as like a, protect, a protective scent. So yeah. it's like peace inducing, helps soothe negative emotions. It promotes relaxation and eases tension. I think that that um, is going to help smooth things over. I have some in my diffuser right now. And I think that that will help us smooth um, the Venetian issues that we're going to be having this week with a little bit of tranquility. Yeah, it, it beautifully grounds us into our bodies. And I think... That is what we need as we receive this greater vitality that Mars Direct brings us as, as we work with Venus as she moves through these challenging conversations that become our inner conversations. If we're grounded in our bodies, 
we can do this work of assimilation that this week seems to be calling for. I love that. If we wanted to add a little something else to our diffuser, I was thinking rose oil, just to bring in that beauty of Venus and the, the soothing and opening of the heart. Our hearts need comfort right now. We've been through a lot. Rose opens us to divine love and comfort and opens us to that ability within ourselves to comfort and nourish and reparent ourselves. And it just opens us to all the Venusian beauty, right? So it opens the door to creativity and divine sensuality. I think if we combine that with patchouli, it's a really nice recipe for being in the body, but in the body in a creative and beautiful and flowing and heartfelt way. And the, the Bach flower essence that I chose is wild rose. So that, that goes along with this idea of accessing the divine love of Venus Bach flowers makes a wild rose, but I know that this is an essence, a wild rose essence that a lot of different flower essence companies make. And if you can find a wild rose essence that is unique to your place, uh-huh. like there's the Nutka roses up here where I live, and I like to take that essence, you know, being grounded to your place. Again, it's this idea of being really grounded into your body so we can make use of those lunar transits. But the wild rose will do all those wonderful Venus things and connect us with divine love while also being an essence that encourages us to keep moving forward, mm-hmm. right? It's that, um, think about the way wild roses grow. They just expand out and they're very self-protective and they, they can really take up a space. It's just beautiful watching how little groves of wild roses will grow year after year. There's a persistence to it. So I also like it for working with Mars Direct. It allows us to ground into our renewed vitality and uh, begin to heal from some of the burnout that we've been feeling. That heartache that you were talking about and the burnout, that is what drove me to pick the stone of the week, Rainbow Obsidian. It um, activates our root chakra to kind of pulls you back down to earth But then it also helps with like a broken heart. And I feel like you are saying we all need a little bit of extra help with the healing. Yeah. So it correlates with Venus too. Because I feel like we're just coming out of like this period of sort of despair and darkness. And even with the news that we've been having still, we're in a little bit of uncertainty. So we need to be a little bit more grounded. And there's a lot of grief and mourning happening right now just with the... The pandemic and stuff. So yeah, I was looking at um, Rainbow Obsidian to give us a little bit of strength and courage to accept the realities that are hard to accept while we're opening our hearts again. Beautiful. It helps us to bridge into that new way of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's beautiful. I, I I do love the way that works with the with the roses. With the rose, too. yeah. Yeah. So, it's also beautiful. I just yeah, have to say. It is. <laughs> Some of the black rocks that we have aren't that sexy, but Rainbow Obsidian is a black rock that actually has a rainbow in it. Um, I'll post something on Instagram. It's just, it's a beautiful stone. It's oh from my Mexico. That's, that's such an amazing metaphor for what we're going through this year too. Okay, well, I'm glad that we have some more warm, bright, and hopeful news to deliver for this coming week. And is there anything else that no. people should know? I think we're all good. We're all good. It's going to be a good week. Just stay grounded in your body, ride through, 
the the moon's going to take us up and down and all around. So go with it and think about closing out your lessons for the year. We, we got this and we should be feeling more energy as the week goes on. <laughs> <laughs>